0: Hello and welcome to Hands-On Techie Talks, where we talk about all things creation, innovation, and environmental change for kids like you. We are two girls who are current students and future engineers who love using technology to solve the problems that we see around us. My name is Danielle Boyer, and I'm a young Indigenous educator, author, and robot maker. And I'm
1: Venia Gunshaker, a 13-year-old changemaker who loves robots, helping my community, and protecting our environment. This podcast is sponsored by the Steam Connection, where we make accessible, affordable, and diverse science, technology, engineering, art, and math educational resources for kids and build up future Steam superheroes. You can learn more and start making your own robots now at www.steamconnection.org.
0: You can follow along with each episode at www.steamconnection.org hands on. Last week, we celebrated Earth Day and environmental activism in general. We decided to do a post-Earth Day chat and talk about our learnings and what we've been up to. So last week, we talked a lot about Earth Day, and we also talked about different types of activism and different roles that you can take to make change in the world around you. I think Earth Day, as I said before, is a really unique opportunity to shine light on different issues that people may not talk about every other day of the year. And I'm really excited because in celebrating Earth Day, we got to do a lot of really unique projects and I also got to do a lot of really fun events. For example, I got to talk at a really cool disruptive environmental activism event with some really good friends of mine like Diego who's been in a previous episode of ours. And I got to do this with the Captain Planet Foundation and with Usher's New Look. It was so much fun. I got to do really cool activities and meet with really awesome students and chat about all things Earth Day and activism. And that was a really exciting thing to do. Finia, what did you do during and after Earth Day?
1: I'm actually kind of disappointed because at my middle school, we didn't actually do anything to celebrate Earth Day. But on the 26th of April, there was a pink supermoon. A supermoon is when the moon is at its closest distance to Earth. Supermoons are one of Earth's coolest features, and the supermoon on April 26th was one of the two moons in 2021. This is just awesome because seeing something like that after Earth Day just shows you how cool
0: Earth can be and how many natural phenomenons happen right before your eyes. I think it's super cool that there was a supermoon because um, even though you weren't able to celebrate Earth Day at school, you're able to see something really, really awesome and learn more about it. A really fun fact about the supermoon is that supermoons look slightly bigger and brighter. And on average, supermoons are about 7% bigger and about 15% brighter than a typical full moon. That's insane. That's amazing, Danielle. But don't worry if you didn't
1: see the supermoon. Even though it was one of two moons in 2021 that are supermoons, you can Google it and you can go to images to see the supermoon yourself. That's the cool thing about the internet these days. If you miss something really cool, especially about the Earth and natural phenomenons,
0: you can just Google it. Another really cool thing about supermoons is that they're not unusual. They occur as a regular part of the moon's orbit of Earth. When the moon is at a point, it appears, as I said, like 14% bigger than a full moon at its furthest point away. I think the super moon is super awesome. It's a great way to kind of be aware of what's going on in the world around us and to celebrate every single beautiful thing about our Earth. I'm really disappointed, though, that your school doesn't celebrate Earth Day or even really say much about it in my work life. We didn't really celebrate uh, Earth Day either. We celebrated Earth Day at the STEAM connection, of course, because we care about that as a team. But outside of that, I didn't really see much going on, especially in my professional networks. And I really wish I would have seen more people talk about it because it really does bring up a lot of interesting and important things about our world that we need to talk about. We need to have conversations about We should
1: celebrate Earth Day because the Clean Air Act, the Clean Water Act, and more have been passed because of Earth Day's impact on the government and on the world. Now, Earth Day is all about educating people about conversation, protesting against climate change and global warming, and encouraging volunteering for the good of the planet.
0: So something that I've personally been doing after Earth Day is I've been pitching my new invention that I can't talk a lot about, but it intersects biodegradability, and robotics. And so I've been pitching it to different organizations to get funding so that I can work on my new invention and uh, work on ways of manufacturing it in an environmentally sustainable way and to hopefully uh, in the future get something like a patent or different ways to protect my invention from others taking it. And I think that's been really cool because it's something that I've been working towards kind of quietly. I think when a lot of people talk about environmental activism, it's very public. You know, we see it online a lot. We see it out in public. We see a lot of talking about conversation about it. But there's a lot of environmental impact that happens from within our own walls that we can do. Like creating new inventions, advocating for change, signing petitions, things like that. And working towards this invention has been really special for me. Um, its name is actually Ecker. So every kid gets a robot. Biobots. And I'm so, so excited about it. Uh, Y'all are the first people hearing the name of my new creation that's hopefully gonna roll out in the next couple of months. And um, I made semi-finals uh, with a competition with my invention and uh, I'm even closer to getting funding to be able to make it happen. When designing and coming up with different ways to manufacture uh, an invention, it can be super expensive. Things like having a mold to make your invention in, uh, things like 3D printing, it can all cost a lot of money. So raising that money is really, really important, but you often have to convince different organizations why your idea matters. And that takes a lot of writing, it takes a lot of budget analysis, stuff like that. So a lot of things happen behind the scenes that a lot of people don't even know about that I do every single day uh, in the direction of advocacy for our Earth. And I'm so, so excited about it. I've been working really hard on it. And I see it as kind of like a post-Earth Day celebration, uh, working towards getting that funding and that support to be able to make my dreams happen. Wow, Danielle, that's, that's really
1: awesome. This is actually the first time I'm hearing about this new project, too. And let me just say, Biobots is such a catchy name. But what you're doing is actually really important because these days in engineering, we don't see a lot of biodegradable robots. And because of that, a lot of robot parts end up in places that they definitely should not be. Like plastics can end up in the ocean, like we talked about in previous episodes. That's mostly because the engineering field these days are so industrialized and there's so much plastic and metal that just isn't reused. That's partially why we need to celebrate Earth Day, to bring awareness to the issues that are impacting our Earth
0: today. So even when you're focused on being conscious and reusing packaging like I do in Every kid Gets a Robot, um, or having a return a robot program like we do where, we, where students can return their robots and then I uh, dismantle them and I, you know, reuse the parts, I biodegrade things, I recycle things, even with that even doing the very best that we can, there's still a lot of progress to be made. Uh, We still use different plastic components, the packaging, a lot of it still does have plastic in it. So there's a lot of steps that we can take in the right direction. And I was kind of disappointed in myself because I felt like there was so much more I could be doing. And I have to recognize that a lot of um, pollution, a lot of our environmental impact, and a lot of the environmental danger is coming from large corporations and governments and them not making the right decisions, and it can't always be placed on um, you know, us as individuals in that way. Obviously, we make an impact and we can advocate for change, but a lot of our individual pollution will by no means ever measure up to the large uh, companies' pollution. That being said, I still feel a lot of responsibility, and um, with the money and the funding that I've had in the past, I was doing the best I can, and now I can continue to do better. And that's why I've been taking that next step with my invention and I've been working towards continuously improving. That's super inspiring, Danielle. The work that you do sounds really
1: important. And I know for a fact that it is very, very important. But your robot journey sounds especially complicated and it sounds like a lot, lots and lots of hard work. All of those papers, writings, funding, all of that work. Danielle's using her passion, robots to fight for change and you can use what you love to do it too. Like, when I was in about um, 6th or 7th grade, I went to this camp called Camp Invention, and I just made so many new friends there. So you can make friendships in the weirdest ways, believe me, I know. But the thing about this camp was that we didn't actually use plastic or metals to make our robots. It was an engineering camp, by the way. We used cardboard, stickers, and things like that. Things you can find at Dollar Store. um, Things you can find at 7-Eleven. Just things at your local stores that are just you know, super cool to use. And you wouldn't normally use them that way, but you can actually use them for robots. Like this one time we took cardboard and created a little electric dog with um, a battery pack and sticky print. I think that's what it's called. I don't really know, but it was just a super cool project. And I'm betting that you can do that at home too. Not necessarily a dog, but Things like, I don't know, a little spider, a castle, a rocket ship. I've done that before. It's super fun. Just glue a bunch of cardboard boxes together. But just inventing in general is a really fun pastime. And it can bring out a creative juice in you that you didn't um, especially know that you had. So...
0: So one of my favorite projects that I've done is super exciting and kind of super crazy when you first hear it. I took some old stuffed animals of mine that I had from when I was really young that I didn't play with anymore. And I actually cut the stuffed animals open. And I know that sounds crazy, but what I did is I put a servo motor, which you can find online. I put a servo motor onto a popsicle stick and I taped them together. And I put the popsicle stick down one of the stuffed animals legs. In this case, it was a dog and i hooked my servo motor up to a circuit playground express which is a fun educational tool from the company called adafruit and i so i connected the servo to it and i actually programmed it to move back and forth so when i pressed certain buttons on my circuit playground express it made a noise and the dog's arms moved back and forth i ended up putting the dog on top of a like a little box and it waved hello and goodbye And that was a really fun project because I was reusing something that I wasn't using anymore. And it was a really, really old stuffed animal, so I wasn't able to donate it or anything. I thought that this was a really fun way of reusing the things that were around me and um, using the Circuit Playground Express that I use all the time. I have a bunch of them. I really do recommend them. They're super, super fun. And so I brought all of those things together and I was able to create something that I'm really proud of. And I got to do it in a class class. Yeah, when I first entered the
1: class, she had um the animatronic dog on a cardboard box and it was literally waving hello and goodbye to me and I was super pumped for the class because I personally have never seen a stuffed animal do that with a popsicle stick, a servo and a circuit playground. And that was just a really fun class in general. It was all about animatronics, which is when machines mimic things
0: in nature like animals and things like that. This was through a project that I started called Wacky Robot Wednesday and was back at the beginning of 2020. And Vinia, you were a volunteer at my program and it was super fun. Every single Wednesday we got to get together and make really fun robots. We made a lot of crazy stuff. We had glow in the dark, robot wheels we one of our students made a helicopter it was so so fun I enjoyed it a lot what was your favorite project that was made in the class
1: Ooh, there was this one project at the very end of um, the all of the sessions and it was basically creating a robot with a wheels a box of any kind that would be the chassis or the base and um, just decorating it in general I saw all of these kids use um, robot bases from anything to plastic containers, to cereal boxes, to everything else you could think of. And it was just super cool to see a robot being made of everyday items. And um, to make a robot, you don't even need like um, high-tech materials such as, um, I don't know, a servo or something like that, even though they are really fun to use.
0: And inexpensive, too, for some of them.
1: Yeah. And inexpensive. Just servos are all around awesome. But if you don't have access to one, you can use string and you can pull on a string and attach it to another thing. There's just infinite ways where you can make stuff that moves without you touching it. And when I first made something like that, it was when um, I think when my cousin came over from Minnesota and we created a candy vending machine. Um, We followed a tutorial on YouTube, and we used pen springs, popsicle sticks, hot glue, and cardboard. And when you pressed a button on the vending machine, candy would fall out. And I still have that invention somewhere, but it was a very fun project. So whenever you're feeling bored, over the summer even, because that's coming up soon um, for some of you, it's, it's a really fun pastime. And you just end up with a super cool invention that you can have in your room. And when people come over, you can say, I made this. And they will be very, very impressed.
0: So that was the conclusion of part one on the two-part episode on Earth Day and what we're doing post-Earth Day. Our first episode, it focuses more on invention and what we've been doing um, to create and to build awesome things. And the next episode focuses more on health and kindness and treating our bodies with kindness and others, too. Make sure to tune in next week where we'll be releasing the second half of this awesome episode, and we're really, really looking forward to it. We'll see you next time.